0: let us pray thank you loving father for your goodness and your mercies once more we are here again you've given us life and we are grateful thank you for also sustaining us granting us food clothing shelter thank you for the ministry of your holy angels on our behalf and also thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins our life is sustained by your mercies now lord we ask grant to us intelligence and wisdom from above grant to us the gift of your spirit as spiritual things are spiritually descend. help us lord that the words we will be hearing now will help us to go in the right direction and put your words in our mouth to speak words that will be a blessing to all the listeners thank you lord for hearing our prayers in jesus name i've prayed amen Our high calling, December twenty-one. The cross before the crown. Ye yeah, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Two Timothy, chapter three, verse twelve. We may strengthen our faith and quicken our love by going often to the foot. Of the cross and there contemplating our Saviour's humiliation. Behold the majesty of heaven, suffering as a transgressor. Spotless purity, untarnished righteousness did not shield him from falsehood and reproach. He meekly bore the contradiction of sinners against himself and yielded up his life that we might be forgiven and live forevermore. Are we willing to follow in his steps? The only reason why we do not now suffer greater persecution is we do not in our lives more faithfully exemplify the life of Christ. I assure you, brethren and sisters, if you walk as he walked, you will know what it is to be persecuted and reproached for his sake. If we hope to wear the crown, we must expect to bear the cross. Our greatest trials will come from those who profess godliness. It was so with the world's redeemer, it will be so with his followers. Those who are in earnest to win the crown of eternal life need not be surprised or disheartened because at every step toward the heavenly Canaan, they meet with obstacles and encounter trials. The Savior knows what is best. Faith grows by conflict with doubt and difficulty and trial. Virtue gathers strength by resistance to temptation. The life of the faithful soldier is a battle and a march no rest fellow pilgrim side the heavenly Canaan. But John in holy vision beholds the faithful souls that come up out of great tribulation surrounding the throne of God, clad in white robes and crowned with immortal glory. What though they have been counted the offscouring of the earth? In the investigative judgment, Their lives and characters are brought in review before God. And that solemn tribunal reverses the decision of their enemies. Their faithfulness to God and to his word stands revealed and heaven's high honors are awarded them as conquerors in the strife with sin and Satan. Amen. The title of this devotion is The Cross Before the Crown Our key text says it all It says Ye and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus Shall suffer persecution That means If you look at this text All, not some all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Then, if one is not suffering persecution, it follows that he may think he is living godly, but he is not. He is not living godly. Because all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution to one degree or another. It doesn't mean that you will be to the cross. It doesn't mean that you will be flogged. It doesn't mean that you will be killed. But persecution reveals itself in various ways. It reveals itself in injustice, oppression, it reveals itself in facing the contradiction of sinners, family persecution, you may have issues with your family members, you may be insulted, be ridiculed, be scorned, be maligned, misrepresented and there will be lots of falsehood against you, that is persecution it may not get to the level of being beaten but some of course will be beaten some will be locked up in prison some will face some kind of injustice you may be sacked from your job you may be denied a place somewhere because you live godly in christ jesus now i'm just giving that as various kinds of persecution that exists so that you understand what it means when you say all that will live godly in christ jesus will suffer persecution Wow, this reading is a very potent one because when you look at Christ Jesus our Lord and what he suffered, you ought to ask yourself, who am I that I should not suffer? Here is spotless purity, eternal righteousness, purity in its epitome. But he suffered persecution and he suffered it humbly, he suffered it without murmuring Without complaining, whatever we get, we deserve, but what Jesus got, He did not deserve, but yet he bore it patiently. You see, there's something I will always say, and I will say it now, and that is this: when you suffer persecution, or not even just persecution, when you go through trials, you must remember and not that you shouldn't take God's goodness for granted. You must remember that it is not your right. have everything going right for you. You must remember that if God were to treat us according to our sins, we would have even been getting worse than what we are getting today. So when we go through trials and persecution, you must rejoice. The reason being that if you were to be paid for all the sins that you have committed, it would even be worse than what you are passing through. Therefore, when you go through trials and persecution, don't complain and murmur, but remember that there was one more holy than you are more righteous than you are he did not deserve any cross or pain or suffering but yet he got it but you deserve it you deserve it and even much more and he even bore it for you so any small persecution we pass through this was what job understood while when he said should we get good from the lord and not only only good from the lord and not evil Job did not take God's goodness for granted. He did not see it as his right. So that when it departed from him, he still glorified God. He did not curse God. He understood that it was not his right for everything to go well for him. So when things went bad for him, he still stood by the side of God. But that's in trials now. What of persecution? Persecution comes from living godly. That's what it says here. Now let us talk of persecution, not trial per se that just comes. Not necessarily before because you are doing the right thing, but it's just what we face in the world, trials. Persecution, the kind of persecution being referred to here is a persecution that comes because of the life that you're living. And the reading here makes it clear that if if the only reason why we do not suffer greater persecution is we do not in our lives more faithfully exemplify the life of Christ. And then he says, I assure you, brethren and sisters, if you walk as he walked, you will know what it is to be persecuted and reproached for his sake. Now, I cannot say that I do not have an experience in this. I've told some stories in previous devotions, but then even that to me is nothing. What is that persecution? To lose your job, to be insulted and scorned. Those are little persecutions, but the fact is, many of us see this persecution coming. We understand that there will be persecution. Therefore, we choose not to live godly. We deny Christ. We run away when it is time to show before the world what we believe. We always, many times, not everybody, but people who do not suffer persecution usually blend with the world when the time comes to stand out. And in blending with the world, the world loves his own and therefore they will listen to you. That's 1 John chapter 4, reading from verse 4, I believe. When, they, when you speak, the world loves its own and therefore they will listen to you. But if you were not of the world, if you were living a godly life in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution from the world. So what is this? In your home, in your family, are you standing up for what is right? Or are you blending with everybody to do what is wrong? If you do do what is right, if you stand up for what is right, and I will be specific now, The living of the godly life has to do with the commandments of God. If you abstain from all manner of evil, from all appearance of evil in your home, your family members will take note of it. If you are among people who are just like yourself, they will blend with you and you will win them over to Christ. But most times, if you are among people who are so-called godly and you are showing something that contradicts their life, you choose not to join them to go to the beach. You choose not to join them to watch the Nollywood and Bollywood movies and Hollywood movies. Instead, you stay away. You don't listen to the worldly music with them. When the discussions come up that you know is gossip or is not a very good one, you keep silent or you walk away. I tell you, my brothers and sisters, just practice this and you will suffer persecution in your home. Like I said, if your family members are people who still love these things, but most times you will suffer persecution or you may win them over to Christ, any of the two. And then when you go to your school or you go to the office where you work or in your business and you stand up for what is right, you'll find out that just like Daniel, people will hate you and they will do things against you to destroy you or to make you leave that place because your life is contradicting theirs. If it were not Christians, of course, you may even have it easier. But the greatest persecution comes from those who claim to be Christians it comes from them our greatest trials like we read here will come from those who profess godliness it was so with the world's redeemer it will be so with his followers and it is a fact the people who persecute God's children the most are the people who claim to be God's children themselves but because your life is in harmony with the law of God and theirs is not and yet they claim to be godly they will persecute those who are living the godly life Now, the title of the devotion is the cross before the crown. And that is trying to tell us that if we don't pass through this persecution, which is our cross, if we don't carry our cross, we will not get the crown. Jesus carried his cross and suffered greatly for us. It says, Behold the majesty of heaven, suffering as as a transgressor. Spotless purity, untarnished righteousness, did not shield him from falsehood and reproach. He meekly bore the contradiction of sinners against himself and yielded up his life that we might be forgiven and live forevermore. Are we willing to follow his steps? If Christ, our Savior, and I wish the Holy Spirit is setting this thing closely to your heart, imagine the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, righteous as he was, suffering persecution and bearing it humbly without murmuring or complaining. It's an example to us that if we hope to wear the crown, we must expect to bear the cross. We must bear our cross. We must carry our cross. Even Jesus said it, He that will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This cross is always there. You would see it even before it comes. You know very well that when you keep the Sabbath at all times and you don't compromise at any time, one time or the other, you may lose something. You may have to miss an examination. You may have to not go to work and be fined or punished for not coming to work on sabbath or you may even be sacked from your work because you refuse to work on sabbath you know very well that when you don't join people in morality because of that they will sideline you and separate you from their company when you don't join them in telling lies and doing evil they will treat you as an outcast you know many of us know and that is the reason because we are afraid of persecution we join them because we are afraid of persecution but Jesus was not afraid to suffer for us. And do you think, by any means, that you who are not ready to suffer for Christ in these little things, little things, nobody is nailing you to the cross yet. Nobody is flogging you on your back with 40 stripes and thorns on the, on the whip. Nobody is placing a crown of thorn on your head. They are not taking you from Pilate to Caiphas and back to Pilate and back to Caiaphas. No one is doing that to you yet, but yet you are running away. Just little persecutions. Just little persecutions. Why will you think that after running away, after denying Christ in such a manner that he will prepare a place for you in his kingdom? He said, he that will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And if you do not take up your cross, there will be no crown for you, my brethren and sisters. No crown for those who will not take up their cross. Take up your cross today and stop running away. Keep the commandments of God regardless of whatever consequences that comes with it at all times. Do not cut corners at any time and you will receive your salary which is persecution and when it comes rejoice that you are counted worthy to suffer for christ's sake rejoice that you are counted worthy for that is the reward for you and it says so treated the the prophets of old that means you are like a prophet too it is a privilege to suffer for christ's sake it's a privilege it's something that you should understand that if Like Peter, when he was about to be nailed to the cross, he felt, oh, they are giving me the exact same cup that my master drank. You know what it is to drink of the cup of your master? It's a high privilege. And that was what was given to Peter. He was given to drink of the cup of his master. And he said, no, 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 don't do that to me. Instead, nail me upside down. I'm not worthy to face the same thing that my master faced to drink of the same cup he drank. And Peter was privileged to die on the cross. But he chose to die upside down. So that it wouldn't be that he drank of the same cup with his master out of respect. He felt I'm not up to his level yet. So therefore don't give me the same exact punishment that he got. I don't know if you understand what I mean here. Jesus said it is enough for the master to be treated, it's enough for the servant, sorry, to be treated like his master. If you are given the same thing that your master was given, then you are great. If the devil has considered it or God has considered it that you are worthy to drink of the cup that our master drank, then glorify God. Glorify him. You must understand it in that manner that persecution is a privilege. If you are suffering for Christ's sake, it is a privilege and not something we should weep for. My, or my, my appeal to all of us is do not run away. Stand for God. If you keep running away, he will deny us to. May God help us in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Wow, what a privilege indeed that we are called to suffer for Christ's sake. And like my brother said, the disciple is not above his master nor the servant above his lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his lord. The the privilege being that we will receive the same help, receive the same honor. No wonder Jesus said, he that overcometh, the same shall sit with me on my throne. It must be there is something for all of us to overcome before the conditional statement is said, he that overcometh. It's a privilege that Jesus is calling us to rise up to his throne brethren, we ought to also understand that what is at stake here is eternal life. The Bible calls what we go through here our light affliction. Indeed, is our light affliction. For what is going to be revealed to us is an exceeding weight of glory that we should be called the sons of God. I was told the story that one of the ways which the eagle trains the eaglet. It's an amazing story is by letting the eaglet out of the net after a certain period of time, the eaglet has been spoon fed. The mother eagle takes her time day in day out after the months which she has put to bed or delivered her of herself, of the baby eagle, the eaglet. Then, one of these times when she has considered it fit to train the eaglet, she lets down the eaglet from the nest and allows it to huddle down. The going down, the eaglet will be flapping the wings, struggling to exercise the, the, the feathers, to so you know, what can I do? And the mother eaglet goes down, under just to watch and catch the eaglet in case there's a problem. But the eaglet has to exercise the wings and the faculties of the mind and the strength, God-given strength given to it. But without the exercise, without the battle in the wind, without the battle in the storm, without the battle it is exposed to, it will not learn how to fly. It may feel very comfortable in the nest because, of course, she's been spoon-fed but it is love. It is love that makes the ego, the mother ego, let out the little eaglet. God loves us. We are told that Jesus himself learnt obedience by the things he suffered. That's Hebrews 5 verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him how did jesus learn obedience the things which he suffered he was brought into a position where he had to there had to be some difficulties he ha- he was called names he was mistreated for showing a better way of life satan wanted to make it impossible for him to present to to present virtues, godliness. God expects obedience but Satan wanted to make it hard for Jesus. Now, Jesus remained faithful and in obeying God and in passing through the suffering, he now expressed patience. He expressed gentleness, kindness, a forgiving spirit. All these virtues are expressed when we go through trials and it was through the sufferings that He went through that these virtues were brought forward. It is in tough times that tough people are made manifest or are shown. So when the going gets tough, tough people get going. But the virtue or the power to do this comes from God. Now, we are told we are told that we should greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Why? Verse 7 of 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1 verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The trial of our faith we are told that the savior knows best what we are lacking he knows if i'm a coward he knows if i am too self-confident like peter was he was self-confident the trial of his faith was to let him see the weakness but then after that experience peter was a very very Mighty man, his boldness now, as we are told in Acts, was not of self again. The, the, the people saw that this man had been with Jesus. That Jesus, not if Jesus had not permitted him to go through those trials, he would not have realized his weaknesses. Again, the Savior knows what is best. Let's trust Him. Faith, which overcomes the world, faith which stands the test, grows by conflict with doubts and difficulty and trial. Virtue gathers strength by resistance to temptation. The life of the faithful soldier is a battle and a match. So, we need to understand that God wants us to develop virtues that can withstand. God does not want us to be moved by anything. Satan may want to rope us in with the things of this world, but God does not want us to be roped in by anything. We are told he was not rejected. He was not dejected. That is discouraged. He was not emotionally down. He was not in despair, in depression because of censure. Neither was he elated by applause. God wants us to have that kind of mindset. And for a time, we may have to go through difficulty and trial. Wherefore, take unto the whole unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And we are told above all, take the shield of faith, where it ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. I want us to be encouraged, brethren, take the shield of faith. When Satan is shooting all his arrows, now, why does our faith increase? When he's shooting all these arrows of doubt, we will be brought to the feet of the cross. It's that time we begin to learn, for most of us, how to pray. And then you begin to quote scriptures and exercise your mind. You see, your, muscles, your spiritual muscles become strong. They no longer become adamant. someone who has gone through this kind of situation, Paul would say in Romans 8, verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for all thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter, nay, in all these things. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the faith that has been perfected how many times was Paul persecuted, stoned, whipped? How many times was he in the deep of the sea? How many times was he maligned, accused? One time Tertullus said that he was a, he was a he was a ringleader, that he was a seditious fellow before the council. But he maintained his peace. But all this, what is it that Paul is saying we are not separate, we are not separated from Did he say we are not separated from our wealth or from our families or from our 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 possessions? No. Did he say we are not separated from even our own life? No. He said we are not separated. Nothing of these things shall be able to separate us from the love of God. So I pray that our love for God will stand through the test. Remember, it is he that endures to the end shall be saved. God wants to help us. God has help for us as we lean to him as we ask him for help as we depend on him even as we go through these things like he said that the very hairs of our head are all numbered fear ye not therefore ye are more of more value than many sparrows may God's love rest upon our minds as we go through all these things in Jesus name Amen let us pray our Father and our God, we thank you for the words you have spoken to keep our minds steady with you as we go through the difficulties of life, as we go through the perfecting process, as we walk so that we can be able to receive the reward of eternal life. I pray, dear Lord, that the love of Jesus will be in us. I also pray that for anyone who is going through these difficulties, that your your Holy Spirit will take their minds to the cross and see how much you have suffered so that our, our sufferings, our difficulties will not lead us to despair. Help that whoever is going through persecutions will find comfort in you. Lord, please send your angels to strengthen each one of us in our difficult times, whether now or in the future. Please, may we rejoice in your company. Bring towards subject and themes that you know will keep our hearts together with you. Bless us today and direct all our affairs and thank you so much for telling us these things ahead of time. We pray in Jesus name. Amen.